This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. 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 Welcome. We are so happy that you have joined us today. Now, if you have not already, you should follow us on Instagram to get updates and subscribe to our iTunes um, show because mm. that way you can this see podcast on iTunes. Yeah, this, <laughs> this particular podcast on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> subscribe to that because we just don't want you guys to miss out on any amazing, exciting episodes coming up. And life is pretty hectic these days, so sometimes... Sometimes you can miss an app. Totally. You, yeah, you can you, miss an app. You don't want to do that. Don't want to miss an app. <laughs> so we also have some MLF news for this week. Jenna and I have been busting our little butts off to get the mother-loving future on some alternative platforms from SoundCloud, which we've been on, and iTunes. So for your convenience, we are now on Stitcher and Spotify. So if that helps, then kudos to you. Well done. <laughs> so... We have a very important guest on with us today who I'm extremely excited about picking your brain on this topic because this is a topic close to my heart. Um, I'll get into why that is a little bit later. Before we go into that, I would love Jenna to read one of our reviews from iTunes that someone has left on our iTunes profile. We went, of course, Jenna and I are just, (laughs) we're not on, we're not checking our reviews all the time. We kind of forgot they were there. And the other day we went in and we looked at them and we, we didn't realize we had about 50 reviews and they all seriously touched our heart and made our day. I cried, happy tears. And so I just thought it would be a really sweet thing to share some reviews so you guys can kind of feel how we land in other people's lives. And, you know, maybe you can leave a review too and we'll read that out and we're all part of this big community. And also just as a thank you to and an acknowledgement to people who have given us reviews just to to shout out to you and and say thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you. So here's our first one. Um, that we're going to be reading the only one today, but, um, okay. So it says fast becoming one of my favorite podcasts, Jenna and Amber often bring two different perspectives to the table and find space where they meet in the middle. I really respect women that live in the flow, follow their path and are rad mamas to boot. (laughs) Keep bringing the love ladies and more great topics. Thank you so much, you guys. That's from SJ. So that's all we know about who SJ is. But the mysterious the SJ. Mystery, to the mysterious SJ. Thank you so much. <laughs> Such a sweetie. Thank you. Love that. Okay, now, before we get into the definition that Jenna has for today's topic, I just want to say how dear this topic is to my heart. Um, I have been, I just feel like I was born on a quest for vital health. And this is one of the topics that I discovered the importance of through having to push through health issues. Mm. And it's not something that's common knowledge or that's, you know, taught anywhere. So I think that this is a super important um, topic to raise awareness around because I, before delving into um, how topical beauty things and makeup can topical beauty products and makeup can actually affect our all over health. Mm. I had no idea. I was just slopping on any type of cream and makeup and not paying attention to the ingredients. And then 
I discovered this philosophy that not only what you put into your mouth makes a difference to your health and vitality, but equally as important is what you put topically on your skin on the daily. Perfumes, creams, makeup, all of that stuff, you, it's going to affect you positively or negatively. So, And can I also just say that that can be sometimes an area in people's life where they're kind of just going to overlook it just to, to choose beauty, you know, to choose the aesthetic effect of something they might overlook some of the negative health effects. That's it. Especially if they don't know about them. Well, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I think the most common situation is they're just not savvy to the fact that, you know, perfumes, conventional perfumes, for example, totally. are super toxic. And you put those right on your... On your meridian points. Yeah. And makeup as well. I used well. to do that all the time. Oh, Coco, me- Coco uh, Mademoiselle. That used mm-hmm. to be my perfume. Poison. Yeah. Expensive poison. <laughs> Damn, girl. So, yeah, I'm so happy to introduce our guest today, Tyler Abbott. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi, ladies. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super, super excited that you are representing a movement towards clean, green beauty, a non-toxic alternative. Mm -hmm. Everyone should know about this. But even more cool than the normal alternatives, in my opinion. So... Yeah. Oh, not at all. Like a lot of sometimes green beauty can be a little bit, you know, drab wrapped in brown paper type of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this is like super high fashion and green. So yeah, this is next level. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to give you an intro first to our guest guys. I keep being like, (laughs) I have so many questions for you. Don't worry. So Tyler Abbott founded Aether. Aether? Mm-hmm. Aether Beauty. I couldn't couldn't get the pronunciation. I keep wanting to say ether because I'm thinking it is so connected to the ethers, your philosophy and approach to this. It is. It's just an older spelling of it, but the pronunciation with the um, line over the A makes the A more dominant. <gasps> Love that. And we're obviously going to link this to our show notes, so you can click the link there. So this is a non, this brand that Tyler has founded is a natural, non-toxic um, non-synthetic ingredient company that uses plants to create clean, supercharged, sustainable beauty. With over a decade of experience in the beauty industry, seven of which were at Sephora, she led a product development collaborations and served on the Sephora Sustainability Leadership Council. Abbott became obsessed with cleaner alternatives and not just from a product standpoint. Aether Beauty also stands behind sustainable packaging. Yay! The new vegan cosmetics brand is also the first in the industry to ensure all components are always made with with recycled materials and are fully recyclable. Well done. Thank you. It's not easy. It is not, (laughs) Um, which is why I think a lot of people struggle with it. So... um, yeah, it takes a lot of research, a lot of creative thinking in order to figure out a way to make something fully recyclable, mm-hmm. especially in the cosmetics industry. Mm-hmm. How, how Do you want to give us a little more of a detailed insight into how hard it was from, first of all, how did you get, what, where were you inspired from? Where, where did you get this vision to kickstart 
eighth of beauty? Yeah. So I've been a vegetarian since I was 14 and always into the whole organic movement and especially having kids and sort of, you know, living this lifestyle, I felt a weird disconnection with working and with products that weren't natural or using organic ingredients. So when I became pregnant the first time, you know, you really become aware of everything that you're putting on. Your skin is your largest organ. So there are some statistic that I have lots of statistics with me, but 60% of what goes on your skin goes into your bloodstream and it only takes 26 seconds to do so. (gasps) Crazy, right? So it really made me dive into every single ingredient that's being used and what's going on in the industry and how people can do better. And then, you know, I was looking in the natural clean space and really seeing the hole in the market for a brand that can really compete with conventional beauty. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of brands out there that use really great ingredients that are trying to have sustainable packaging, but nobody is really doing it a hundred percent. So I, being a mother and knowing everything that goes out in the world, knowing how much plastic there is out there, Mm. do not want to put another product out there that would end up in a landfill. Mm. So I've been in product development for over seven years. And prior to that, I worked in fashion, two very dirty industries, and I didn't want to do it anymore. So I set out to prove that it is possible and it's possible to do it in an aesthetically beautiful way, Mm. as well as creating storytelling some affinity to the brand. I want the brand to be like cool itself and then P.S. it's good for you because the other side. A lot of the time, uh, you know, organic makeup is chalky or doesn't stick or, you know, whatever it may be. There's like three shades. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're all brown or Mm -hmm. kind of gold or kind of pink. Mm -hmm. So I like conventional beauty. I like color. I like fun. My house is like green and purple and magenta and like just like color. Yeah. And so I like to play. And when I was going and looking at these brands, I didn't feel inspired. I didn't feel that I could play. And I was like, why can't I take what I'm doing and do it in a sustainably conscious way? Mm -hmm. And so when I um, concepted a thought of the brand, it literally poured out of me everything that I thought about it in a way that it was like too easy. And I was like, everything, like I I love being a creative person. I loved my job at Sephora. They really sort of harness the creatives and sort of let them go. Yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a second, but basically it, it was so easy that it scared me, that I kept questioning what I was doing. This is too easy. I don't understand. And just like the idea of the brand, not like the actual going into packaging and everything. But I still had ideas on what I wanted to do because I was trying to do it for the retailer. And, you know, there's only so much you can do for a large company. You know, people move slowly or they're always thinking about, well, what the client really wants and not really understanding. I think the client will be okay if there's not a mirror in this product. Um but they weren't, you know, willing to sort of try it. So for me, I really wanted to prove that um, with my um, my first product, there are no mirrors and no magnets because they're completely unrecyclable. Mm-hmm. And a woman is going to use it in front of a makeup mirror in her house or have a compact mirror anyway. So yeah. why am I adding? The car is usually where I do all my makeup. Why are you adding another piece that will just end up in a landfill forever? Mm-hmm. So I was just, you know, proving, proving that you don't really need that. Uh-huh. And how do you think about it differently? So I added an elastic 
and you just cut it off and you can use it a hair tie because, you know, as a mom, I'm constantly losing my hair ties with my kids, with me, and I always need one. So like we can reuse it there. So I love that. So innovative and smart and thinking outside the box. Well done. Thank you. We received your rose quartz eyeshadow compact. Here too. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. And it actually uses real crystals. Crystal infused. That's That was a clincher for that me. That was the clincher for me too. I didn't even know that it was all recyclable to that degree, but knowing that now it's, I mean, you can't improve on that. <laughs> how did you how did you uh, marry those two worlds of the world of like activated crystals such a hard matter mm-hmm. with eyeshadow um well it came with the concept for the brand so aether itself is a really old word the greeks considered it the air that the gods breathe and aristotle considered it the fifth element to earth air fire water so it's definitely this medieval concept of the cosmos So the brand definitely lives on Instagram. There's lots of collages that incorporate crystals and female and like sort of self-worth and self-empowerment. And I really wanted to create a brand that talked to women as they were going out in their day that they were like excited to try and put on. And to me, makeup is, you know, it's like an instant self-esteem booster, which is why the industry is so successful, right? So if I can help make a woman feel beautiful and do good doing it, what else could I add to it to sort of supercharge everything? So it's, you know, the tagline is supercharged sustainable beauty. And for the first product, it's the rose quartz crystal gemstone palette. And Mm. each shade is infused with rose quartz gemstone powder that is cosmetic grade. And basically besides the healing energy that comes with it, it actually helps prevent against redness and wrinkles and fine lines, which as I get (laughs) older, who knew that actually happens on your eyelids too? And and like I'm looking in the mirror every day, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm getting younger. Every day I put this on, I drop a year. But then rose quartz, you know, all about self-love, self-worth and being open to love. So, Mm. you know, I really wanted to start with something pretty and something loving super basically rose quartz as well very heart, feminine yeah, like the heart the intelligence of the heart and it's an easy stone to really start with too so if you're not really into crystals like i tend to see that people gravitate towards um like clear quartz or rose quartz really sort of when they start getting into them and i thought it was an easy stone to sort of digest and understand for the client totally totally Wow, it's just so innovative. I just love it. Really tastes cajones, as we said. But you can only say that if you do that accent with that voice. But I love how how it really takes something to push beyond the conventional standard and the norm. So, how hard was it for you to develop that from A to Z? Um, so consenting the brand was sort of the easier part. Um, For me, formulation and packaging is what I do and what I've done for many years. And to sort of back up a little bit, I was in the fashion world before I transitioned to beauty. And actually, I almost never took the job at Sephora because it was a job that, um, you know, when you're not really interested in the job and you go in for the interview and you kind of ace the interview because you're not really nervous, right? It kind of kept happening. And Um, I didn't know anything about the beauty industry. I mean, I knew a little, but at the time I barely wore tinted moisturizer and I was like, no, 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 I'm not your, I'm not 
your employee, you know, this is not a right fit. And they really wanted someone who had experience in taking a concept and be able to bring it live into production into in-house. And that's sort of what they were missing. And so I kind of got in through the back door because it was for their accessories. It wasn't makeup formulation. It was all the uh, makeup brushes, eyelash curlers, bags, sharpeners, anything like tools of the trade. And so I was like more comfortable transitioning to that because that was at least some sort of fashion. And then I got thrown into makeup formulation within two months of being there into one of the highest profile um, launches that we were doing with the SVP, with the head of product development and me, literally three people. We would be in rooms all day, just like hashing out all this stuff. And so I- fun. Fun, but intimidating because I didn't have experience in formulation and I didn't, it was a brand new world. And so I just have to say this story is so common. The amount of people who are at the top of their industry who reveal the fact that they're just making it up as they go. Is it I, a bit from the heart? Like they know what they're doing, but everyone makes everything up. Totally. And as long as like, we're capable. You figure it out, yeah. especially if it's like a sink or swim situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you're a swimmer. Oh, I am definitely oh, yeah. a swimmer. <laughs> I'm surfing. <laughs> no, that's your superpower. Yeah. The oh, fact maybe. that you can take a concept and know how to push it all the way through mm-hmm. to manifestation. Totally. There's, huge There's a lot power. of logistics involved in that. Tons so. of logistics, tons of crossing T's, dotting I's, making sure every single little detail is right. But because of my experience at Sephora, I literally learned from some of the best people in the industry and some of the smartest women I've ever worked for. And it really taught me how to formulate and how to formulate well and what our client is looking for. And so, you know, for me... Color is my thing. Like so, it's really fun for me to pick shades, pick shades that are fun but wearable, but not necessarily the normal sort of shade that you would pick. Um, and then also be able to push the envelope in formulation. So before you actually introduce the brand and set it, um, we don't use synthetic. I actually want to correct you because mm-hmm. we actually do use synthetic ingredients. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's sort of important for me. So we're not a hundred percent natural. Uh, organic brand. We do use organic and fair trade ingredients mm-hmm. and we are the palette is 70% naturally derived. However, there are science has created so many great inventions, right? And there are actually safe synthetic ingredients and they help push the envelope when it comes to efficacy, when it comes to long wear, when it comes to like buttery feel. So everything that, every single ingredient that we use, I personally vet before it is put into the formulation. And I try and always find a natural alternative if there is one. And if there's not, and it's rated a low grade on the environmental working group, and it's not cancerous, it's not a hormone disruptor, and it's considered clean via like the credo beauties of the world, like mm-hmm. I will use it. So it's a non-toxic, non-toxic, clean ingredient. And 100%. What, what ingredients could you not skirt around? Could you not find a natural replacement? Yeah, for? there are ingredients that basically um, helped in long wear. Mm-hmm. There are also ingredients that help um, with shade range. Mm -hmm. So I'm not using natural pigments. I'm using FDA-approved food-grade ingredients. Um, And there are other ones that are sort of like secret sauce, but they really sort of push where you want the 
the efficacy to really compare with conventional. And I'm not the only one. So if you go into a Credo Beauty, like not many brands are actually 100% natural because mm-hmm. those are more um, the ones you can kind of make at home and there's no shelf life. There's It, it can be a little bit of a dangerous um, place to play. And there's also like this um, misconception that people think natural must be better there's plenty of natural things that are actually harmful for you. So mm-hmm. you actually don't want to be using um, some Lead. sort of natural... Yeah, exactly. Or asbestos <laughs> or coal Lead. or talc and lots of things. And in the natural space, um, actually, it's really interesting because I do a ton of research on ingredients. And one of the things in natural makeup, and there's so many brands creating these natural makeup brands that they utilize mica a lot, right? Maca? Mica. 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 Mica is a crystal, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, but it's used as sort of a filler in powders in makeup. And most natural brands use it. And you know, it's a natural stone. People don't really think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Well, two things. One thing is mica is actually directly related with child labor. And not a lot of people know it and not a lot of people talk about it. Lush is one of the only companies that actually really puts their foot in the ground and say, we don't use mica, we only use synthetic mica. And for me, I use synthetic mica when I cannot vet the source of the mica that I'm sourcing. Good on you. Is it hard to find out the truth behind like investigating something down to the very first um, element of that? Like where it's from, who does the labor what that labor is like. like. How do you actually figure that out? How do you get the information? You find out a lot through um, talking to experts in the field. So because I have sort of my experience at Sephora, I do have a lot of connections in this um, field. So I talk to a lot of people. I talk to chemists. I talk to um, raw material suppliers. Um, I work with my vendor and say, this is what I want. Get me this. If you can't get this, let's have a conversation and figure something else out. Um, And it's just, you know, you're constantly researching, but there's also a lot of like wrong information out there, right? Mm -hmm. So the internet can be a, you know, black hole too. So really speaking to experts in the field that really understand um, what that certain ingredient is. So I'm always talking to the chemists in the world. I am not a chemist. I'm a product developer. So there's a bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. So my husband is funny. He's actually backgrounds in chemical engineering, but he's now a patent lawyer. And so I'm like, I wish you kind of stayed in that field (laughs) because we kind of would have been like very perfect. Um, But I don't think his forte is cosmetic formulation. So Still, okay. it sounds like everything you've been doing up until this point has been preparing you to launch this product and this concept. Which what? is also funny because when I was like 17, I used to sell crystals. Oh, there we go. And See? you might need a patent lawyer for some of your products as well. Yeah, I kind of already yeah. currently do. But yes, um, it comes in handy to have a lawyer in the family and file all your paperwork and do all the trademarks and all that sort of stuff too. So... Um, but yeah, I used to definitely like sling crystals wow. <laughs> back in the day. So I nice. feel like, and funny enough, when I was in college, I used to make my own organic homemade lotions stuff and I sold it at this restaurant I worked in. And people used to say, why don't you like make this a real business? And I went to school for art and I was like, mm, like I was crafty, but I was like, this was a I couldn't, I didn't know how to turn it into a business. I was like, I know how to make it from home. I don't know how to like scale it. And it wasn't something I was interested in the time. 
And I never thought I would ever work in beauty. So it's just so funny how everything comes comes full full circle circle. Mm, and, you know, you end up where you are. It's just so nice to remember that in moments where things don't make sense and just to remind yourself to look back at other times in your life where you've realized you need to go through that in order to get where you're going. But it's hard to see that when you're in In the the moment, yeah, (laughs) in between the good moments. Uh, What... Are synthetic ingredients more expensive or less expensive than natural conscious ingredients? It depends on the ingredient, but for instance, synthetic mica is more expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's grown in a lab, so that takes time, takes people and all of that versus sort of mining something. But the benefits of it too is that because it's created in a lab, it's completely clear Mm -hmm. versus something in the ground that's grown. It's also grown with um, whatever's naturally in the earth. Mm -hmm. So you can get lead in mica. Mm -hmm. You can get ingredients that you don't necessarily want in your makeup. It's more controlled. 100%. So your your rose quartz Mm -hmm. eyeshadow palette, for Mm -hmm. example, if you were to have made that exact same concept, but with not with the sustainable packaging, Mm -hmm. the natural non-toxic ingredients, would that have been more or less money for the production? If I made a conventional version of it, it would have been less money. It's just like organic food cost, you know, about 20% more. It's pretty much the same thing. And I am willing to pay for better ingredients and better sourcing and I feel like my customer will too. So of course, and what you put in, you get back. Yeah, it's just the law. Totally. So you know, I think conventional beauty gets higher margins probably mm. than you know mom and pops and indie brands. But but work, I feel working as on though, it. I, well, I, thank God this is becoming more of a trend now than it yes. has been. Yeah, a hundred percent. And w- would you say that that concept is sustainable beauty, the opposite to conventional beauty? I would say yes. Um, and I do think that, you know, with the whole sustainable, um, clean, non-toxic world, not a lot of people are doing anything with sustainable packaging. And um, brands are trying, but they're not doing it 100%. So there are brands that have glass bottles, but then the top isn't recyclable. Um, anything that includes plastic in a cap usually has different types of plastics mixed together. Hmm. And so because nobody is sitting there um, taking something apart. I actually brought this. Yeah, I have a, yeah. Ooh, what's that? (laughs) So this is a little bit of a sneak peek. So this is a liquid lip that I'm launching like early spring, right? And some things you cannot get around having plastic and in the beauty industry, the plastic exists. So I was like, okay, well, how do I get around it? How do I do a sustainable alternative? So this component normally would be all virgin plastic, number one. Then if you open up a lip gloss component, so I don't want to get red all over this. (laughs) Wow, girls night out. The wiper is a different plastic than the outer, Mm -hmm. right? The cap is a different plastic than the inner. Is this all recycled plastic? I'll get to that. Okay, so, but so, so, so. for a conventional, for a conventional normal component that mm-hmm. stock most people just buy, right? Especially if you're small, you can't afford to, you know, have custom. Um, every single little piece is a different plastic. So before I started this brand, I went to a ton of recycling plants, and I saw how they actually recycle things. And I highly recommend 
people going to their local recycling plant. Not only is it eye-opening, but I thought I knew what I like was talking about, and I clearly didn't. So in San Francisco, um, basically, I was always told when I was have lived there that even if you throw plastic in the normal trash, somewhere along the way it gets sorted and goes to the recycling. That's what they told me in San Marino. They, I, I, when, I, when we just moved to San Marino, I said, wait, where's the recycling mm-hmm. bins and the normal trash bins? And they said, oh, they're all just in one. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can they all be in one? Are you mm-hmm. opting out of recycling? And they said to me, oh, we, um, we, we divvy it out on site. So you throw all your garbage in the one bag and on site we will we'll then sort it. sort it. And I just thought to myself... That seems extremely unlikely. And extremely expensive. Think I about that labor. Yeah. yeah. So what they, was your findings? They were like, absolutely not. Whatever's in <gasps> the trash goes into the <gasps> landfill. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. Well, the other part about that is that there's two things that's going on. I, I can definitely get granular. So tell me like if it's too oh, much. But anyway. I gotta take this man down. Okay. So <laughs> Recycling. So because these are different materials, nobody is sitting there taking it apart. So this isn't deemed useful for throwing it into someone who's going to take plastic back Mm -hmm. because there's different, they're all different types of plastic Mm -hmm. and they're all buying different types of plastic if they're even buying that type of plastic, right? So um, the EPA just said that a third of landfill waste is from personal care products and it's sort of insane. And makeup componentry is all mixed materials. It's all hard plastic that can't be recycled. It's all mirrors. It's all magnets. It's screws. It's all different little tiny pieces, you know, that nobody is sitting there taking Taking them apart apart so that you can recycle each tiny piece separately. This is... Mind-blowing. Oh, my gosh. Right. Just the stupidity of humanity to think that they can create something without taking responsibility for the final step. Once again, we are overwhelmed by the stupidity of humanity. And Honestly, I have I mean, more how statistics. How can you create something that you know is going to contribute to, you know, your they, child's destiny they in only a very, think very about terrible way? The money in their pocket in the moment. Wow, it's so devastating. The- or, you know, you work for a large company and you think it's not really a responsibility, you know, but there's so many people who work there whose responsibility is it? You know, so in, you know, if you work for a brand, at least there's a founder. How can people like that, knowing the repercussions of them saying this is illegal and this is the standard industry standard, how can they sleep at night knowing that they are allowing that outcome to be possible? Well, the FDA hasn't updated their cosmetic law since 1938. (gasps) And there have been, there are now, there are now 16,000 chemicals that are in the U.S. beauty industry that people use. And none of them are vetted. So FDA is so if the, the FDA is seriously messed up. I mean, I know I can get Jenna started on this. Come on, come <laughs> on. I know that's something you want to say. Well, I'm my, my what I think is that those people in those positions of power are not really in it to help the world. They're in it to make money from for their friends who totally. are the heads of corporations. So I totally agree. Yeah. So I know that you know it's all tied in with our current administration and like it's even sort of worse. Yeah. (gasps) So um, yeah. So you know at least other countries are have a different mentality. So I was talking to you guys before that um, you know that 
in Europe, you have to prove that something is safe before you can use it. In the U.S., you have to prove that it's unsafe before you take it out. And so, you know, the FDA, I know, is completely backlogged. So there's like so many efforts out there to try and get them to change. There's the campaign for safe cosmetics. I know retailers are trying, but... You know, I don't know if that it's more of a grassroots effort, and I don't know how they can really combat this large government. So it's people like issue. you who are taking responsibility to contributing in an ethical, positive way, doing your own research, being driven by I'm going to contribute Ethics, to the positive integrity, yeah, outcome of these things. Totally. And yeah, so, have to do that. but like, can I just ask yeah. you? So, you had said that other countries like Europe, mm-hmm. you have to prove that it's safe. Mm-hmm. So, but we were talking, for example, about like Chanel perfume, which is a French perfume, mm-hmm. but we know that that has like hormone distribution or dis- disruptors. disruptors. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, or so, how do you, would you explain that? So, fragrance is a proprietary secret. Mm. <gasps> and so, that's Another the problem loophole. with the fragrance industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, no, it's called juice. You, you don't know the secret juice, Rocket right? Fuel. Everything's thrown in And there. a lot of the times, the companies who create the fragrance don't even know what it is because they're buying it from a fragrance house and it's proprietary to them. So they don't even know what they're selling to their customers. Oh my goodness. What it's a mystery. Crazy. So it's like this That's weird dangerous. Illuminati thing. I don't know what's yeah. really going on over there. Uh-oh. But because of it, you know, a lot of people are coming more aware because phthalates are everywhere in the fragrance industry and they're a direct hormone disruptor. So I haven't used fragrance in many years. Um, but even with like natural versions out there, I tend to just, I'm very um, sensitive to fragrance. So I tend to just stay away from it in general. Yeah, the natural ones you got to be careful um, yeah. with too. They just tend to give me headaches. They can be super powerful. Yeah. And if you put too much clary sage on, for example, which is meant to um, kind of activate the female sex hormones, if you put too much of that on when you've already got too like a, a high progesterone, for example, like, or estrogen, you know, you're going to mess yourself up. Totally. So you're just going to know how to use things depending on your own constitution. How, what are some other harmful effects on the average, um, like that people, the average person experiences using conventional makeup and beauty products? We've got hormone disruption. Mm-hmm. What else? They're, you know, they're basically hormone disruptors are the big big players, right? And then you have other things that sort of led, led, no pun intended, or lead to, you know, the big C word, cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, in Europe, most of the ingredients have to be considered safe in order to use them. However, it's still a government and it still, you know, has its own regulations that I go above and beyond that. And so do other brands tend to go above and beyond that and have other ingredients that they lead out or leave out of their products. Um, what are those brands? What brands would you recommend that you have researched yeah, um, and trust? Totally. So I for color brands, you know, from an ingredient perspective only, I, you know, Ilya's doing a lot of good things, um, RMS too. There's, um, a f- you know, most of the brands that you can find in a Credo Beauty or Detox market are doing good things. The problem for me with um, the hole in the industry is that they're only giving, well, besides packaging, um, is the colors, the play, the fun, the storytelling, the, um, you know, really pushing ingredients. 
a lot of those brands don't come from the beauty industry. They come because they got pregnant, they had um, a skin issue, they had a health issue, and they start peeling away the onion and figuring out how bad the industry is. And they, you know, launch a brand, which is great, but it takes a while for them to learn. And it takes a while for them to be self-educated in order to really know product development, how you actually push things, how you actually like get efficacy, how you can trade ingredients for something else. A lot of research, a lot of hoops to jump through by the sounds of it. And I learned a lot of it at Sephora too. So I like to say I got my like second master's from Sephora with just even from an ingredient perspective. So, um, but from a packaging perspective as well. So there's something like there's 8.3 billion tons of plastic that exists in the world. So depressing. So depressing, right? And only 8% of it has ever been recycled. No! So... So we have to take, you know, we have to take responsibility for anywhere we can in our life. Totally. we have an uh, an opportunity to do the right thing, we have to. And it's not about feeling bad either. Like, this is the problem with this space is that everyone is always like, oh my God, you know, this is horrible. Like, you just feel kind of, what can you do, Mm -hmm. right? But it, and like, even if you start to learn about clean beauty and then you look at all the stuff that you have in your house and you're like, what do I do with this stuff? You know, um, and all the money that you have spent on things, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more about, you know, what is your next decision? Like, and being more conscious in that decision and whatever your purchase is. Your purchasing power is a lot of Huge. power. And that's the main way you can speak back into I, what you're supporting. It's hard to make a responsible choice if you haven't educated yourself on what is supportive to the environment and your health and what isn't totally so i would suggest like really understanding really reading the ingredients Mm -hmm. and looking into the company and where they source their ingredients from and their um efficacy all all of that stuff you gotta problem though with reading ingredients is it's not like reading a pack like food ingredients, yeah, it's right? You basically have to be a chemist in order to decipher it. And unless you're sitting there, you know, looking up every single ingredient on like environmental working group or something, you're going to just be confused, mm. right? So it's, it, I, I feel that it's up to these, I feel like these retailers are paving the way. Be, not that I'm not paving the way as a brand, but I feel like a retailer has sort of a bigger footprint and people sort of tend to trust them a little bit more. So if they're like, this is what I've vetted, this is what I've curated for you, Mm -hmm. this is my ethos, this is what every single brand has out and makes a commonality because my list is going to be different from Ilya's list, which is going to be different from another's list, which, and it's confusing to me Mm -hmm. and I work in the industry. So I couldn't imagine as a client coming in and being like, what is good and what's not. Well, on that note, working in Sephora and mm-hmm. research, doing all the research you've done, have you found that there is a lot of misleading um, information in the industry? So yes. for example, can someone claim that they're non-toxic, 100%. natural, all organic, but only 40% of their ingredients or their packaging or whatever? Well, you can't, I mean... You are not legally allowed to lie on your ingredients list. Now, I have seen brands out there that do, and only because I know what it takes to get certain things. So there is a natural brand out there that um, that claims to be using natural dyes and getting certain shades with them. And I know 100% it's not possible. And I've had it de, um, I've had it backwards engineered 
to figure out like, cause I was so amazed. I was like, how do you get these colors? Like I want to be using natural if I can, like it's, and it's not possible. Marketing so, scheme. Yeah. That's not even marketing scheme. It's, it's, it's illegal. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of bad. So, um, but wow. on another perspective, people green, greenwash all the time. So people can easily write clean, non-toxic. There's no definition really for it in the industry. That's so scary. They do that with so, food packaging as well. They say natural, natural. Yeah. because there's, yeah, there's a loophole around what that means. That's right. So that's why I, with my ingredients, you can look up everyone on my website. Um, it says how much natural is in there. I blatantly say I am not 100% natural. If you want 100% natural, there are brands there for you, totally. But I am someone that is sort of pushing natural to sort of be able to play. And so you don't have to give up the beauty and all your, what you expect from, if you go into a Sephora, if you look at like a different brand, like Anastasia, and you want that sort of in a safe alternative, that doesn't really exist. So that's where I came in to fill that gap. Mm, I like that. It's marrying it's like you're representing the modern mystic. And I believe in science too. Like I don't think science is something we need to be afraid of, but again, it's education. So, um, you know, the, uh, the, it's hard to tell that story and really get your point across. So that's why I'm like, if you want to research it, it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm really easy to, uh, to digest on mm-hmm. my site. So if you're interested, you can self-educate. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is absolutely so important trust no one Mm -hmm. in in this world and do your own research and see how it works in your unique constitution totally and i feel like you know hopefully the industry is going to go towards your standards because once you prove Mm -hmm. that it's possible to get all those fun amazing like wearable effective colors in a natural way. Mm-hmm. And we know we the information that like 60% of what we put on our skin goes straight to our bloodstream in totally. 26 seconds. Then who in their right mind is ever going to want conventional beauty? Do you know what I mean? And it is changing. So, you know, Sephora now has like a green campaign and I know others will be, you know, playing in this space because it's trending now, you Thank know, God. yeah. Thank and God. so it's always the consumers that push the envelope. And so before when I was doing all my research, it was like pulling teeth. And I had contacts in the industry and I was like, no, like I want it like this. And people would tell me no. And I'm like, well, let me figure it out. I'm really good at puzzles and really good at like finding solutions. So, you know, where other people, I think when they're told no, they think the door is shut. I'm more like, "Mm, I see a crack there. Like, what if we like did this or let me talk to them directly or let me, you know, figure out the production of this or like, what can we cut or what can we add? So that I was taught at Sephora because we had really fast timelines and we had to get stuff indoors at a certain times. So I'm like, okay, how do we become like, how do we make this work? So brilliant. Oh, and this piece, if I can go back to it. Yes, please. The the lip, the lip gloss component is a hundred percent recycled plastic. Brilliant. All the same type of plastic, all the same type of plastic. There is one little part that isn't. So it's the applicator. So you have to cut that off. Okay. However, everything through and through same plastic. And on top of it, people don't um, you tend to use recycled plastics because they tend to be dark. Because if you think about it, when you take a 
like plastics all mixed together. Mm-hmm. There's white plastic, there's mm-hmm. green plastic, there's brown. And nobody's sitting there being like white, green, brown. It just all mm-hmm. goes together and becomes sort of muddled Muddy. when it like gets melted down, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to figure out, well, who can I work with and then who can sort it or do that to be able to get clear. Now, if you look at this, it's a little smoky. That's all right. It looks oh. great. It looks but perfect. it's fine, right? Well, like, my- so... Why not do something like this? Yeah, work with what you have. But a lot of people would be scared of doing something like this. Well, um, hopefully they won't be scared after listening to this podcast. (laughs) Or maybe they should be so that they won't try to do the same thing you're doing. But um, my question to you is this. Yeah. Um, So this looks like her liquid lip applicator looks like any conventional beauty product. Mm -hmm. Like I would not know if I was a trash sorter that this was all recyclable, the same type of plastic. Mm. So is there any way that you tell, like, can, how do they know that this is all the same kind of plastic and recyclable? That is a really good question, actually. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, You know, basically there aren't people sorting things. So, The majority of the cosmetics do go in the landfills. Most of them do have recyclable numbers on them. So I don't know. Like I can easily put a recyclable number on it. There will be. But I don't I don't know. Each town has like their different own rules. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, brought something there, I was like, well, maybe I could put it through the conveyor belt and see where it goes. No, no, no. There's like thousands and thousands of things all going through at the same time mm-hmm. and getting sorted through these like crazy machines um, with people manning them. Um, and where do they take it once it's all been um, pushed together and melted down? Yeah. So basically they're put into like, what do you call like Yeah, and they're sold. So the majority of our trash was sold to China up until Trump changed the administration laws. What does China do with our trash? It's like recyclable. It's money to them. Or like trash trash. It's money to them. Both. They were taking our trash and they were taking our recyclables. However, now I don't think they take their trash anymore. And the recyclables, they put now a mandate on us. So before they had a certain percentage that was allowed to be dirty, which means like wasn't fully cleaned out. Like if you get a lunch container and there's food residue still in there, but it's plastic, like they would sort of take that stuff back. Now they don't. And now if that is mixed in with like a bale of plastic, they will not take that entire bale of plastic. And like if they get that bale of plastic, they will ding you and all this stuff. So recyclable facilities are so scared to like basically sell off the recycling goods. So it's sort of this vicious cycle. Um, aye, aye, aye. Yeah. So, but um, wow. it's a good challenge. So I'm going to go back and kind of figure out the answer to that. Because it looks just like it perfect. Does. It looks like any other. It does. It looks like MAC or some huge yeah. makeup brand. So that is a good question. I do know, you know, retailers tend to take it back. And there are third-party businesses that you can recycle your cosmetic packaging. And they do take it apart. So, um I know Credo Beauty uses one, Sephora uses one, that if you bring back your products, or Sephora, I don't think you can bring it back, but they use it internally, Um, they will take it, sort it, 
and recycle it. Oh, that's so good. So it should be law that yes, but they cost money. Mm. So it's not like you can just go dump your cosmetics. Yeah, it's hard because you have to get to the 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 big boys right at the top. Yep, that are making all the legislations and they're deeming it illegal or not. Totally. And now, you know, when I go to trade shows, there's more and more natural formulas available Mm -hmm. where even two, three years ago, they just looked at you like you had two heads. So, um, progress. Yeah, (laughs) it is changing. I'm more of the concern is like, is this a long-term trend or is this more of, you know, a trend in and out for the the masses? It has to be a long-term trend. I'm hoping. It has to because it's it's the future of the earth. I'm just hoping that clean beauty just becomes beauty. Yeah, me and too. And that it I feel you know, like all becomes clean. It has to. It has I, to. And the younger generations have been educated into this, which the older generations hadn't been. 100%. So that's the other piece, is that millennials and the younger generations all clearly vote with their dollars, as we all do, but they tend to spend way more money for organic and natural products. So, you know... They're also the ones on YouTube. They're also the ones like in the middle of the beauty industry and they don't necessarily want like a very light payoff of highlighter or mascara that only works for a few hours. (laughs) So they want the payoff that you can find. Yeah. I I mean, I'm rooting for the revolution of environmental Well, if it doesn't happen, we're all going to die. So hopefully it's going to happen. I know a lot of humans just prefer to sit in denial than get into action and push against mainstream. You yeah, know, but I'm 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 really feeling like thank God this is a trend now and people totally. are savvy to they can make a difference with what they buy and what they support because it makes a difference to their life and their health and their earth. So I mean, that's why we do what we're doing to try to spread the word. hundred percent. Because I feel like is there if everyone truly knew, like really knew that their actions and where they put their money and what they put onto them did make a difference, mm-hmm. then they would make the right choice. A hundred percent. It's education. It's ignorant. time. Mm. People, you know, are tired. They have kids. They work a lot and mm-hmm. they work at home and they are, con- you know, like mm-hmm. it's just... They're stuck on the hamster wheel. Yeah. There's no time to think on the hamster wheel. Exactly. So I want to know about, just before we mm-hmm. wrap up, I want to know about, you're obviously extremely savvy to... Clean, green, non-toxic, all of that. You've done your research. And I want to pick your brain on what is your personal beauty routine when it comes down to like from morning to night, like what products, what do you use to ensure that you're putting healthy, medicinal, great stuff on your body? Yeah. So um, uh, I'm a huge proponent of skincare, although sometimes I don't have a lot of time. (laughs) But I definitely believe, and I probably should be using more. You don't need to. You're flawless. Mm, yeah. She is glowing right now, <laughs> by the glowing. way, everyone. Um, but I tend to, I wrote down my regimen, if that's cool. Great. All right. So um, I love Indie Lee. I don't know if you know that brand. No. Um, yeah, we do. She has a rose hip cleanser. Mm-hmm. I love it. It smells beautiful. Rose hip is so good for your skin. Antioxidants, vitamin A, vitamin C. It's just sort of this miracle um, sort of ingredient. I actually use it in my palette too, but I'm just a proponent for the ingredient in general. It's just beautiful. a really beautiful cleanser. It's smart to use that as a cleanser because mm-hmm. it's moisturizing rather than drying. A hundred percent. But you're still cleaning. Yep. That's smart. Yep. Then, um, so at night, there is a brand that is close to my heart because it's the same name that I named my daughter. (laughs) So it's called Aurelia, and Mm. it's out of the UK. 
And she is a very, very smart woman. So she uses a lot of natural ingredients, but again, she marries science and her skincare is amazing. And I use a probiotic cream at night um, before I go to bed. I'm all about probiotics nice. now too, especially for your skin. She says that she sips her watermelon kombucha. I know, actually. <laughs> I'm all about the watermelon. Only at Trader Joe's. So anyway, um, and then Tata Harper. I love her stuff. And um, I use her mask. So she has a resurfacing mask that's good for like getting the dead skins off, the sort of layers. And Is it like a mud mask? A little bit. It's a little bit thick. So... And does it have exfoliation it does. in it? Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So right. that's why I love it. I'm kind of like a, I like to feel, even though you're not supposed to scrub your skin too much sort of deal, but like I grew up on like Saint Ives apricot scrub where you're oh, like scrubbing that. your face totally, so totally not clean. Middle, P.S. Middle <laughs> I know. Not clean green. Yeah. Non-toxic. Same with like yeah. chapstick and all that. It's terrible. Um, and then makeup is hard because for me, um, you know, that's why I did this to sort of fill the space. So all the makeup I'm usually using is stuff I'm testing. Um, there are certain, certain skews individual that I really like. Like I love Ilya's tinted moisturizer. She's got a, a tinted lip conditioner. She has a really pretty red shade that I love. That's just kind of like a wash of bright red. Um, and that. super moisturizing. She also has like SPF lips. So I'm a proponent of SPF. Um, what do and- you think of beauty counter? Oh no, what are you going to tell me? Because I, I support them and I yeah, use them. Yeah, no, I think it's a good they claim mission. To be non-toxic. I, I, like for me, I have to resonate with the brand overall. So I, I'm not, I don't like their packaging. I don't like their design. Why I think don't you so- like their packaging? It's a little mass to me. Um, M- messy mass mass. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so not environmentally. Yeah, the, definitely. Yeah. And they're not doing a lot of sustainability op- like proponentry for packaging in that space. And they could be, and they would be making a huge difference. Totally. And pioneering like, Hey, we're a big company. We do it. So everyone can do it. I feel like because they're trying to talk to so many different age ranges, it makes like the shades and the products that they put out there, not that innovative. So I'm still of the Sephora mindset of I want innovation. Like mm-hmm. I want cool things. I want to be excited. And I don't really get excited about a lot of those products. Mm-hmm. But, but do you think that they're <laughs> clean? Do you, do, but do you think that it's still clean? Yeah, she has a great um, no-no list that she, um, her, she abides by. Um, but as far as what I'm looking for mm-hmm. in makeup and chaos and colors and, and all yeah. of that, she it's wants not the fun my stuff. Yeah, yeah, I like fun. I love that. I know. Makeup's I, supposed to be fun. Yeah. Right? I love I love when you said that you wanted to tell a story mm-hmm. through the development of your product. Totally. I think that that's super inspiring that, you know, an artist is not kind of, um, you know, kept to the traditional arts. You mm-hmm. can do it. You can tell your story through anything that you're creating. Totally. It's beautiful. I have one, like another thing to think about with other brands too is, you know, um, I also let this translate into like clothes and um, shoes and other things that I purchase. But in the cosmetic bag world, that is a very fast fashion, plastic, phthalate, really sort of bad stuff there. And what people don't realize is they're housing their makeup and all these things. And it definitely rubs up on your makeup and you're touching the packaging. Your kids come in, touch it, put on some stuff, whatever. So you're talking about the literal cosmetic bag that you put your makeup in. Like this. So I brought this brand I'm a huge proponent for because I always carry my stuff in it, but it's called Henry Charles. And she, not only are her designs, which like are amazing, 
like to wow. carry and like store all your things. Beautiful. She uses no plastic. She tests everything for phthalates and lead. She makes them like handbag quality so they last for years. So you're oh not gosh. throwing this stuff away mm. and you're able to clean it out. So I am like obsessed with this brand because nobody's doing sustainability in cosmetic bags. It's yeah. not even like that's a way further, you know, they're only mm-hmm. thinking about ingredients now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm such a proponent for people doing cool things in this space. Wow, it's really beautiful. You can literally fit so many freaking things in here. This is why I love it. She, um, she uses it. This is nylon that she uses for recycled for the teeth, but she doesn't use any EVA or TPU or. Um, is it vegan? It is vegan. Wow. Yes. Look at that. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. That's incredible. And I know. I love the fact that... And it kind of, it like looks like a handbag. Yeah, it's you really know? like a little cute clutch. It's totally. like a black crocodile skin, but not crocodile, um, clutch purse with a beautiful soft pink interior with... It's really smart. We'll link that brand to <laughs> Yeah, her stuff is awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love the fact that this doesn't... It's not um, secluded to just your philosophy around makeup and beauty. You apply that same ethical approach to your clothes, as you said, your food, everything that you consume. Yeah. And like, I've kind of struggled in general, like, because philosophically, I really want to be zero waste. But realistically, you know, I'm a working woman. I have two kids. I have all this stuff that sort of leaves me to really be hard on myself if I have to make a, you know, unsustainable choice. And so... Is it usually because you just don't have the time and you want what's easy and quick? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually, I went vegan in January after being a vegetarian forever and I sort of struggled with it. So I didn't have the time to sit there and make these beautiful bowls that everybody like puts on Instagram and... (laughs) You know, they like, made them a week ago, by the way, in prep for that. <laughs> or they totally. just like found the picture somewhere else and then just pretending that Reposted they reposted it. Bowl. Totally. And like <laughs> I thought, like going vegan, I had gone vegan when I was 19, when back when it wasn't so easy. Why did you want to go vegan? For sustainability reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and when I was in, when I was vegan, because I'm not anymore. Um, I really, really struggled with it for sustainability reasons and for health reasons. So I ended up eating like so many extra like carbs because anything was like grab and go was really hard for me. And so I you travel have to be a well lot. Prepped well prepped. I always say like vegan. if I'm ever a millionaire, I want like a raw food chef that's Ooh, also yeah. an IT person that's also <laughs> the pool boy. Oh my God. And oh. masseuse. <laughs> that's efficient. That's efficient. It's a, it's a very... dentist would help too. Oh. And a chiropractor. Yeah. I've thought about this as well. Totally. You should find that one person. <laughs> I mean, no, just think of the bills you would save on. That's true, especially for my teeth. And mine. I'm grinding and clenching too much. Yeah, I'm pulling out all yeah. my fillings. Totally. You know, that's parasites. I'm on special parasite tea to kill the parasites that are causing... Uh, of course, it it's stress as well. It could also be tension and stress. Yeah, but also Yeah, parasites. mine's stress. <laughs> I know mine is stress. Uh, mine's parasites, sorry. <laughs> it's probably stress too, but... Killing them both is optimal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, wow. So, okay, I'm so interested in you going vegan. So how did it not work? So did yeah, it not work besides, for your... Besides me just not feeling healthy. So I didn't feel... Why like did you... How long were you vegan for? Um, I just switched over a few weeks ago. So, so it was about Jen, eight months. Eight months. Yeah. And I was very hard on myself about it. And I put a lot of pressure on myself and... 
being a mother, you already have a lot of pressure. Being the you know yeah. own business person, oh you have God. a lot of pressure. CEO of the household. She holds herself to very high standards, clearly. Totally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was just like, you know... Too, anyway, too much rigidness. Too much to be stuff. Able to but then cope. I had like crazy philosophical arguments in my head. So, uh, you know, to my world. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all the time. And so, you know, um, the I was paying more money. So, something that really bothered me when I go get a cappuccino, which I need my daily cappuccino, is something that you know I bring I my little I bring my little cup when I can. Nice. So I'm not using you know the um, plastic or the paper. But, um, you know, I hated paying not only more money for a milk alternative, but I was paying more money for like a non-organic milk alternative. And for me, I am much more akin to organic and that's what I'm looking for in my products. So I don't like the idea of buying something that has pesticides on it and paying more money for it. Gosh, heck no. And then on top of it, you know, almonds have such a huge like footprint and are very bad sustainable wise. And there is a um, shortage of it, especially in California, same with avocados, same with different ingredients. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm thinking like this is more sustainable and it's not really. So, you know, I... How do people find out the truth behind these things? Because I think I'm I'm making a conscious, mindful decision to support the environment and my health by choosing almond over cow's milk. Totally. And you're telling me that I've got that all wrong and that almonds have a bigger footprint. And I'm sure almonds people take more water. Yes. But cows do release like greenhouse gases. There's this is like it's the it's this is literally the conversations I have in my head. So I'm mm. like, is it greenhouse gas? Is it water? What's more important? Choose what is your worse? Poison. <laughs> what is whatever? So it literally comes down for me. For me, organic is the word. Mm-hmm. So if it's organic or milk versus non-organic almond milk, I'm going to choose the organic milk. If it's organic almond milk, I'm going to choose the almond milk. What if it's organic almond milk I versus know. organic milk? I tend to go, I'll, I'll, I will still be vegan when I can. Okay. So I try and make a sustainable choice, but this label in my head of always being vegan mm-hmm. really sort of hurt me yeah. mentally and was not very good physically for my body. So, so tell me about the effects on your body. Yeah, it was just more like I was not used to eating so many carbs in my life. And again, I was eating a lot of vegan alternatives that weren't organic. So that really bothered me. And a lot of it is they were highly, they're highly sprayed crops. So they're soy, they're oh. wheat, they're things oh. that are just like, all I see is like Monsanto. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh. it yeah, just, I it, it, it just wars in my head. Right. So, um, I was like, okay, I need to just stop with this pressure on myself and just eat what my body is craving. Yes. And that's sort I of agree. where I am now. And that's kind of where I've been in my life, which is, it's a really good space to be. Um, and it, I found because I've sort of released that other things have released too, and not necessarily because of the vegan thing, but just, I think I was just more, yeah. Mm. So I've been, I found, I mean, just personally, I found that I've been like a much better parent lately Mm. and just being really open to certain things and not freaking out over certain things my kids do and just being more open for them. And same with my husband and like, Mm -hmm. So it just, you know, it just sort of opened up this little thing for me. So yeah, I um, think that Jenna and I, we have a big philosophy around trusting your intuition mm-hmm. and your bio-individuality, your totally. constitution and letting that 
decide what you're going to eat and how often and when and forget mm-hmm. all the diets the and the trends. It's just totally. going to box you into a place yeah. you Like I just eat. didn't want to label. And I was like, I want to like, what's Trust sustainable yourself. eating? Like yeah. that's what I am sort of interested in. So, and it's not necessarily black or white at all. Again, is it a cow, you know, with mm-hmm. carbon dioxide and all of that um, versus not having clean water and shortage wow. and all that fun stuff. I've, so. I've gotten, I, I've really, my takeaways from this episode and conversation with you is to really, as a human, we are contributing to the um, overall, yeah, the mm-hmm. overall future of our, of our lives and our, what our children are inheriting and our earth. And it's our responsibility for contributing to know what we're contributing mindfully rather than just like, you know, taking whatever anyone tells us is the truth or is good for you or is the trend or whatever it may be. Totally. And really do the research and make sure the choices you're making are coming from um, a very clear, um, you know, intentional place. And just to piggyback back um, off that, that I just lost my train of thought. Wait, what did you just, what were you just going to say? I was just saying that you know, it's our responsibility to do the research. So yeah. we're making intentional choices, which will either contribute to the the earth right. positively or negatively. Right. And what I was going to say, piggyback backing off that is that you had said we vote with our dollars, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, we might think this is such a big problem and we don't know how to get ourselves right. out of it. But just to say, like you had said, what's our next decision? Totally. What are we going to do for our, our next purchase? You totally. know, and just kind of building from there. And also not be afraid to push against the mainstream. Yep. Just because the industry standard is this way and conventional is how everyone's been doing it forever does not mean there's an alternate, there's not an alternative. You have had the brilliant audacity to take it upon yourself to do the research and carve a new way and to prove that <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like that Tears is, are welcome. No, but that's <laughs> what a p- pioneering a movement looks like. Yeah. And it's almost like showing people that it's possible. need one person to do totally. it. Totally. The fountainhead. Exactly. You. And then they'll go, oh, that's possible. We can do that. We can make beautiful things and tell a story and it be sustainable. Yeah. Let's do it. Totally. Why not do so it? So don't know? be There's afraid no to, to, you know, get your cajones. <laughs> and go for it. So thank yeah. you for representing that. That's huge. And I think that this is the time. We are mm-hmm. in a pocket mm-hmm. where people are rising up and going for it and carving a new path more so than ever before. Mm-hmm. So totally. Well done. High We're five. grateful. To thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So tell us where can everyone find you? Tell us about yes. your Instagram, your yes. website. Yay. Where can everyone get a hold of your incredible rose quartz crystal infused <laughs> eyeshadow palette and you've got a beautiful legitimate oh, chunky yeah. rose quartz on a sage yes i actually brought come... you some ladies oh yay. Okay. yay that is actually sold separately which is really funny because i was using them as gifts to people for like pr basically and because the brand lives on instagram people were photographing it blah 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 I actually got clients that were really mad that they didn't get one. And I was like, oh, no, I wasn't like giving away a free stage stick. So someone suggested, why don't you sell them? They're beautiful. They're yeah, because I make rose them. Petals mm, and they're they're really yep, And they're all organic and I make them by hand. So wow. I sit there in front of the TV and just like I kind of am waiting for my daughter to get old enough to like have that factory line going. Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> she loves crafts, too. So. Um, but she 
it's a good craft to get into. No, yeah. no child labor, no child labor <laughs> at all. <laughs> I know. She loves it. Yeah, she gets a great minimum wage. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, the name of the brand is Aether Beauty. And so it's on my Instagram or on Instagram, A-E-T-H-E-R-B-E-A-U-T-Y. And then it's C-O, so Aether Beauty Co. And same with the web- website. So it's aetherbeautyco.com. Brilliant. And currently... In your company, you're offering the palette, the eyeshadow palette, and the rose quartz sage stick. Mm-hmm. What can we expect? What if you guys in the mix? I saw some purple eyeshadow. Yeah, that you I'm my- always playing. So being a product developer, I have like two years of products sort of ready to go. But for me, things are on hold because of the packaging. Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying to engineer and figure out certain things. But I am launching another product in December that is another um, palette. It's called the Crystal Grid Palette, and mm, each it's grid. all metallic shades. Nice. Um, and just in time for holiday and like New Year's New and all Year's that. Eve, so yeah. mm-hmm. every single shade is infused with a different crystal. So there's oh, diamonds, magical. there's tourmalines, there's Damn. amethyst. Who doesn't want to wear diamonds? Wow. Right? Yeah. Like, you're gonna get I want yeah. diamonds on my eyes. Yeah. And I have a special code for your listeners <gasps> if you're interested. Yes, we love codes. Yay. Um, so for fifteen percent off mm-hmm. and you get free shipping. So you just put in the code mother love. Oh, I nice. love that. Yay. Okay, guys, mother love. Mother love. Okay, so so we're going to put that in the show notes. Yes, all of that and the links and everything. Okay, brilliant. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your inspiration and insight about the possibility of a new way moving forward. And imagine if every person who listened to this podcast got inspired to put such clear intention behind their choices mm-hmm. in their lifestyle mm-hmm. um, products. Imagine what a difference that would make. Totally. R- ripple then, effect. Yes, a ripple effect. Building the new paradigm, one eyeshadow it. palette when at a time. time. That's it. It's true. So at the end of every episode, we love to offer our listeners an invitation, mm-hmm. obviously centered around today's topic and what we've discussed. Is there an invitation that you would like to offer our listeners around um, how they can possibly approach their, um, you know, what they, where they put their money or... I don't know. Is there something you're feeling called to invite our listeners to participate in? I think, you know, the first step is just awareness. So it's really um, eye-opening to just go through one day and just look at what you do and what packages you open and what you put in the trash and what you buy and what packaging comes with it and where that goes. And just be conscious of it just for one day. Mm And just see, you know, if you even knew how much that was. And what you were contributing to. Totally. And yeah. what you were buying. And because of that power, was there a different choice maybe, you know, the next time they go around and think about it? Brilliant. And where you, that's brilliant invitation. I'm definitely taking that on. And also where you can come prepared. Totally. So, in regard, like when I go to Whole Foods mm-hmm. or Trader Joe's, I always bring my own bags mm-hmm. with me to save the bags. Or the coffee shop, maybe you bring your own coffee mug totally. to save, you know, the little plastic or cardboard, you know, takeaway coffee thing. Where straws. is there? Yes, yeah, straws. Oh, straws, straws are awful. Metal straws. Metal are so straws. Fun. All about it. it. So yeah. where in your life on the daily can you be prepared to lessen your footprint? Yep and contribution to the the fall of our earth rise up again that's right 
Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was so great having you on the show today. I'm just, Tyler, you've been seriously, you've enlightened me around so much and re-inspired my, you know, how I can contribute in a positive way. So thank you for that. Yay. Yay. Okay. And thank you. Hey, they're beauty fans for life. Seriously, (laughs) big time. I'm going to be eagerly awaiting to see what you're brewing up because I so admire your approach to innovation and what you're supporting and yeah, the, the path the you're talking. The palette sounds really metallic nice. palette over oh there. Oh, my God. We're going to yeah. be like, oh, you have the proof. We'll put some, we'll put a, um, some pics of yeah. you and these products yeah. on Amazing. Insta Story as well so everyone can just like get an eye on that incredible bag, I that, know. that cosmetic bag that you have. I'm obsessed with that. So thank you, everyone, for being with us today. Uh, we... If you like today's episode, share it. We've put a really cute little Facebook easy press on that button, little button on our website below every episode. So just click away on that. And Not then... easy to get that button, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a couple of hours going through every episode. But it's worth it because you're going to share the love and then we're going to help the ripple effect get to more people and make a difference because that's what we do. The ripple. And the ripple, ripple. So thank you so much once again, and we'll have you with us next time. Bye-bye now. Bye, guys. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com, for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.